Hey beautiful sister, I'm so glad you are back with me today for part two where we're going to start diving into evaluating our year in terms of the areas of improvement, in terms of those you know failures that we've had, those things that we've fallen short in, those areas where we hoped that things would go differently <laughs> than they did, or maybe those areas that we feel disappointed in. And I think it's so, so important that we slow down and do this and if you haven't already listened to the first episode on this where we dove into how to evaluate our successes and to give glory to God in them and to celebrate those wins and things that we're grateful for, then start there and then jump back in with me here. And if you haven't already taken out a journal or pen, something to write with, you're going to want to do that. And life is always fast. We are constantly moving on to the next thing, but it is so, so important to really sit down and absorb the lessons that we've learned. And, you know, while it's not good to just dwell on the past um, and to beat ourselves up about it, there are so many things that God is teaching us in those things that we're walking through, those trials that we've walked through, those areas that we may have fallen short in. There's a lot of ways that he's speaking to us in those lessons learned. And we are all trying, we're falling, we're trying, we're falling. We are so imperfect and we're ultimately growing and expanding through it. And what's going to really um, help us to increase the momentum of our growth through it is is actually just taking this time to pause and reflect. And I'm going to help you do this in a way that is very self-compassionate, that's curious instead of just criti- critical of yourself or really beating yourself up because that just keeps us stuck. And so how can we move through those challenges of pursuing our goals and pursue, you know, growth through just the hardships of life in general without just beating ourselves up more for those ways that we've failed, but instead make friends with failure and learn from it and draw wisdom from all those things that we may have fallen short in. And so, you know, if you're, if you feel like you're kind of walking around with a little bit of the slump shoulders because you may feel bad that you didn't achieve your goals, or maybe you are like afraid to set goals as you come into the new year because you're like, well, what's the point? I never, I never, you know, I'm able to, I feel like life always gets in the way. You know, I, I really feel like the kids always disrupt my ability to pursue my goals, whatever it might be. If you feel like you thought you've had a better year or if you imagined life wouldn't, you know, shouldn't be so hard, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I think we've all been there and we all have felt that in some capacity. We are all struggling. We all have our doubts and fears, but we are called to persevere in this race that God has set before us and to give him glory for all the good things and to ask him for forgiveness for those ways that we've sinned or we've fallen short, to look for those lessons and to, you know, really receive those opportunities to grow in virtue that he's giving to us. And we can carry on believing that he is for us. He's not against us. And we can pray. We can believe in the good news and to really talk to God and, and ask him to guide us in all of those things that we may be disappointed in even or discouraged in. So if you're willing to spend some time on these questions, it's it's honestly going to put you on the fastest track towards your goals. And so let's evaluate our year with both pride and self-compassion. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. For all of us, this year was probably marked by certain joys, certain things that we are grateful for, certain successes, 
but also probably some sorrows, some obstacles that we've had to overcome, some, you know, difficult moments or seasons even. Maybe there's areas that, you know, you've felt like an ache in your heart or a longing or you feel like you're really struggling in those areas that God might be pruning you in. And then maybe those there are those areas of growth where you can see that God is redeeming certain things and restoring certain things. And, and that is a part of your journey too. And I think all of us experience each of these components. So what we're going to do today is we are going to go through a process to really assess our year and to create breakthrough by sitting with, okay, what what didn't work? What failed? Why And the reason it's so important to do this from that place of curiosity and compassion rather than criticism and just beating ourselves up is because that's our brain's natural tendency. It wants to zoom into all the things that didn't work, what failed, why we're not enough, and just to dwell on all of that, to tell us, you know, we are the sum of our shortcomings. We are the sum of our failures, that it's a character flaw, that we're broken, that we're not enough. And our brain's going to make it mean that there's something wrong with us. And it's so easy for us to just hold such little space for our own imperfections and we I think have this false belief oftentimes that if we criticize ourselves even harder for something that we'll improve at it more like the harder we are on ourselves the better we're going to get at it the faster we're going to get to our goals and for those of us who tend to be more perfectionists who just already hold ourselves to very high standards we don't even realize that this actually is holding us back in so many ways and the first reason that that's the case is because number one we don't take aligned action from a place of shame shame does not drive aligned action. When we are kind of stewing in these feelings of discouragement, disappointment, guilt, humiliation, self-condemnation, or self-loathing, this feeling of inadequacy and rumination and just feeling these things on loop, it doesn't make us likely to get up and take courageous aligned action. We're more likely to try to escape, to mentally check out, to procrastinate because, okay, we don't want to do anything less than perfect. We don't want to wait. We end up feeling like we have to wait until all conditions are perfect. And we are almost afraid to take action because we're unintentionally making ourselves afraid of being beaten up on the back end of it if we fall short. So speaking unkindly to ourselves doesn't allow us to show up as the highest version of ourselves like we oftentimes think it does. The other thing that happens subconsciously is that when we are telling ourselves constantly we have to change, we have to be better, we end up deploying our own defenses. We put up walls. We don't allow ourselves to look at it with empathy and allow those uncomfortable things to come up that really help us to actually move forward and to fill the gaps. Instead, we're just like berating ourselves for not being enough. And we don't allow ourselves to enter into that creative problem solving that really is what fuels a quicker progress towards our goals and fuels us to overcome those roadblocks that we are experiencing. And so I'm going to take you through a simple evaluation process and I'm going to give you some steps for self-reflection that's going to really help you to see what worked, what didn't work, and what we can improve in this upcoming year that will then guide your goal setting process. So the very first step is to ask yourself, what worked? What can I repeat next time? Then question number two, what didn't work? What would I do differently? Number three. So it's very simple. We want to look at what did work, what didn't work, and what would I do differently. So that is the very first simple protocol for, for really anything. You can look at this. You can apply this in micro um, you know, moments of your year into specific things that happened or things that you did or areas of your life. And then you can also um, look at this as a whole. As you are applying this, I want you to think about you know, what 
was God asking you to learn in this? How did he invite you to grow in virtue? So we're really starting to peel back the layers of what are those challenges, what are those setbacks, what are those trials and lessons that are, are really paving the way for future growth. Give yourself permission to get a little uncomfortable because there's going to be a discomfort here in some of these things, but I want you to look at it from the lens of curiosity and self-compassion rather than judging yourself for those things, beating yourself up at lens of curiosity like you are, you are an objective observer. And so we can look at this from a neutral perspective and say, okay, this is what the data says, right? This is what I can conclude with the data. <laughs> we know that God is good, and we can, we can make this a prayerful process, asking the Lord to reveal to us what he wants us to see through this. And then a couple other questions that I think are really helpful is also, what are the circumstances that led me to losing my peace? And then how could I cultivate more peace next year? Sit quietly with the Lord and ask him, what does he want to tell you about your year? And write down those thoughts. Many of us, as we enter the new year, can feel like, last year was just like not as successful as I wanted it to be. And this, oftentimes when we are beating ourselves up, we're so used to that, we, we may not even like setting goals because it just makes us feel bad. <laughs> we, we might even stop setting goals because it can feel depressing. Or we just repeat the same process without taking time to really review and reflect what was at the root of why we might not have reached certain goals that we may have set for ourselves. So we just set the same goals. We live the same way we've always lived. We do what we've always done. And we're not setting ourselves up for success, right? And so this process is really about how do we take radical responsibility for what is in our lane to steward with intentionality, with repentance for what we need to repent for. And then we can set those goals and make plans but also be flexible and have this sort of holy detachment from the outcome, a surrender to God in the outcome. So this is not the, the most fun, the sexiest work, right? This internal work. But I want you to think about failure or shortcomings or these things that these lessons God might want us to learn. Like it's like a ship, shipwreck on the outside. Like we might see it, immediately see it and judge it as like, oh, this is this is crap like this is just rubble you know and it's just trash but if we rummage through the rubble we can reach those treasure troves that are within right like a shipwreck there's going to be there's going to be treasure within it there's going to be all kinds of things so if we're willing to dig a little bit beneath the surface and get to the root of some of this stuff instead of just looking at the symptoms and saying okay this is trash all these things I fell short in we can really evaluate our failures and make more friends with failure but we can also evaluate those successes find the successes within it and find those learning lessons within it that will propel our success and see the blessings. We're not going to lose sight of those blessings that God has for us in it. So, after some of those simple questions to kind of get you thinking, I want you to ask yourself, okay, what did I really learn this year? And why, why might I have needed to learn it? <laughs> and then another thing that you can do is to help you if you feel like you're, you're tending towards beating yourself up, is to get out a piece of paper, get out that journal, and allow your brain to just like tell you all the things that you're thinking and let your brain have this tantrum moment. Like, write down all those thoughts, those terrible thoughts you might be having about yourself, all the things you're thinking about, the ways that you fell short. Don't censor them. Don't judge them. Just let your brain have this moment. Okay? And then you can move into what are all the lessons that you are learning? What is God telling you? Where is God calling you to move forward through this? What are those areas that you have grown in your strength, in your in your resilience, in your surrender, in who you are as a mother, and who you are as a wife, who you are in your work, in all the areas of your life. 
Now I want to take you through a process to do an even deeper dive. So we're going to go deeper in that, in that shipwreck. All right. So this is a more advanced evaluation, and this requires a deeper level of inner awareness, and this is what's going to really help propel you towards your goals when you get good at this process. And we can do this. This is like iterative. We can do this over and over and over again. We don't have to wait until New Year. We can do it quarterly. We can do it monthly, really at any level of frequency. And again, I want you to look at this with compassion and curiosity. This gives your brain so much information because what, what we're used to doing is thinking really vaguely about what happened. Our brains tend to think like everything is so hard and, you know, I did everything I could. Why am I not farther along right now? I should be farther along. I should have gotten this result that I didn't get. And our brains can get really whiny about it. And it's not to judge your brain. This is what we all do as human beings. It's okay. But when we approach it from this place of curiosity, when we start to ask these these good, really thoughtful, provoking questions, it will help our brain to problem solve so much better. It's going to, we're going to be able to look in places we haven't looked before, explore things we haven't looked at before. And so it's going to also force you to get really specific with yourself and it's going to be very helpful. So this kind of builds again upon what we did last time. But the first question is how exactly did I create the certain results or success that I did have? How exactly did I grow in the ways that I did grow? I want you to look at those things that are both tangible and intangible in your life. Then number two, how exactly didn't I create more of whatever results I was looking for? So again, this could be in any area of your life. Number three, where was I subtly quitting <laughs> or what you call micro quitting, which is almost these like invisible or subconscious acts of giving up. And so it's like, and we're like, uh, it's fine. You know, we kind of are like toning down our ambitions and goals. It's not super dramatic quitting. It's not like oh, I quit and we're just throwing, completely throwing in the towel, but it's like we're giving justification for, you know, we are not abiding by our own commitments to ourselves. We're doing, we're half showing up for ourselves or to whatever we said we were going to do. Um, you know, oftentimes it's, we're not maybe taking risks or quite putting in the work or we're not really prioritizing the things we want to prioritize. And so here I want you to just take note of what are those places that I may have been sort of quitting on myself. And then I want you to take that a step further. Number four is ask what were the thoughts that were leading me to micro quitting? Number five, and this is kind of similar, this might help you with the micro quitting too. What was I avoiding or not leaning into during this time as I was working towards that goal? What was I avoiding? What was I not willing to try? Maybe it was I'm not trying certain new things that are going to stretch me because I'm afraid of failing, falling short in it. Maybe it's certain emotions I don't want to feel. They don't hit my goals, so I, I wasn't really going for it. Maybe it was this growth I was shying away from because I didn't want to experience the discomfort of that. Maybe it's hard conversations I, I wasn't really willing to have because they were either uncomfortable or I wasn't really sure what the outcome was going to be. Maybe it was I wanted to avoid being rejected or I wanted to avoid judgment from other people where are those areas in your life where you had like one foot in and out the door and that was really slowing you down from actually hitting your goals or making progress in those areas that you wanted to make progress in I'll give you an example uh, in fitness so I've noticed for myself um, one area that I'm not as strong in postpartum I'll say is pull-ups and I think those of us who are tall tend to have a harder time with this to begin with, but I, it just does not come as natural to me and that's okay. 
but it is what it is. But I tend to those areas that don't come as natural to me, or I might feel like, okay, I, I should be farther along by now, or I feel like I am either judging myself or like I will be judged for it. I tend to not even want to do because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be falling short. And it almost feels embarrassing. And so postpartum, when you're like starting from almost scratch all over again, right? And your upper body strength is even less than before because also there's a lot of core strength involved with both push-ups and pull-ups. So I, I noticed this for myself with both push-ups and pull-ups. I can tend to want to avoid that in the gym. And guess what? It doesn't make me get any closer to doing the pull-ups that I want to be able to do, right? So if my goal is I want to get stronger with pull-ups. I want to be able to do pull-ups from a dead hang without any assistance. And that's an actual goal of mine. Then I got to do the work to get there, right? I have to be willing to move through the discomfort of being bad at it, right? To And being a beginner at it again in order to get better. And so I have to be willing to go and to try and to fail and to do negatives or to do assisted pull-ups and to do different variations of it and to like be willing to put myself out there in that way maybe and to be seen in not being super strong in it in order to get better because avoiding it is not going to help me get any better, right? And so that for me is an example of what I have experienced both times around postpartum. And now I'm in this great place where I can do pull-ups and I'm like doing them every time I go over to a park with my kids. I'm just doing them every time I get into the gym. And not that it's sometimes I'm better at it than others, depending on like if I, you know, took really good care of my body that week or if I'm sore from a previous upper body workout or I'm just having a more fatigued day. Like sometimes I feel really on with it and sometimes I feel off more, but I'm not letting that mean something about me as a person. I'm not letting that mean that I'm weak just because I can't do pull-ups postpartum after having a baby, you know? Where are you avoiding doing the work because you feel like there's shame in being a beginner? Or there's shame in not having it all figured out or not being perfect at it yet. Okay, number six is what thoughts for you or what are you telling yourself about whatever this thing is, whatever this goal is, or about yourself that feel like this comfy blanket, but it's actually like dead weight for you. So maybe it's like, okay, I just don't have the time. It's not worth it. It's these habitual ways of thinking that are making us feel better, but are really like leading us into complacency. It's not because you're lazy that you're thinking these things. It's not because you don't want it bad enough, but it's just because there are some good reasons of self-protection oftentimes that your brain is continually thinking these thoughts as habits. And so if we don't bring these to our awareness, we don't recognize them, then we're not going to know what we need to adjust and change, right? And we're all human. This is all happening to all of us. And so give grace to yourself um, as you're going through this process, but it's going to just bring to awareness some of these things that are going on beneath the surface that are really at the root of some of those symptoms that you might be seeing and not making the progress you want to see towards your goals. And then the next one, number seven, is looking at a little bit more deeper dive into our thoughts and emotions about our goals or about ourselves in general and when we are or are not taking the action that we want to take. And so we can look more broadly. What energy are we? do we tend to be in when we are either ahead of taking action or beforehand or when we are in the process of you know working towards that goal when we're creating the results that we want to create or we're working towards that what are our primary thoughts and emotions or you can even ask yourself like even outside of when you're doing the thing whatever the thing is for you um, what how do you how do you feel about that so let's just say it's your fitness like how do you feel about 
like when you think about exercise, when you think about your body, what kind of thoughts and emotions are coming up for you right now? When you think about your motherhood, when you think about being a mother to your kids, what kind of emotions are coming up? Is it guilt and shame, feeling like you're failing, not enough? Or is it a sense of, okay, this is really, really hard, but I'm doing it and I know God has me where he has me for a reason and I'm growing through it. I'm not perfect, but my kids don't need a perfect mom. They need a mom who loves them and who's willing to show them what it, what it means to continue to turn to God for strength and to continue to do the best that she can and to fall and get back up again and to be willing to apologize for the things that she falls short in and to just keep, keep going and persisting because God has, has entrusted them to me, you know? So willing ourselves to change our actions, like really pushing ourselves into action, like trying to white knuckle our way into action only goes so far. In order to really experience the real, the transformation that we want to experience, the real lasting change we want to see, to break old habits, to create new behaviors, we need to first get curious about what are those motivating and underlying emotions and thoughts that are leading to those actions that we've been taking. Or maybe it's our inaction or our reactions. What is going on beneath the surface? Because our thoughts give rise to our feelings, which inspire our actions. So we have to get to the root cause. Any action, what's behind it is those thoughts and emotions. So we need to train our brain to really evaluate what's underneath those actions. We don't just want to like, we can't just be like, okay, I got to do better and try to throw myself more into action. It's not going to help us ultimately get to where we want to go unless we bring those hidden thoughts to the light. Because there's also a spiritual battle here, right? We cannot... We don't want those thoughts to hide in the darkness or be strengthened by our unawareness. And what this process does, if we are able to do it with continuing to bring ourselves into this process with self-compassion, with curiosity instead of judgment, it allows us to place distance between us and our thoughts. And it removes some of the emotion and and identity that's attached to them or over-identification with them. And it allows us to look at it more objectively. So we can take our thought captive in obedience to Christ as God calls us to. We can renew our minds. And nobody's probably ever really taught us to ask ourselves, what am I thinking and feeling? Because we often just see the the reaction. We see the action or we focus on actions so much. But you can ask yourself, how was I feeling when I was maybe resisting the action that I probably wanted to do or I should have been doing towards my goals? Maybe it was those times when I, I wasn't working out or I wasn't eating as healthy as I wanted to. I wasn't following through with my commitment to myself. What was I thinking and feeling that was leading to that resistance? Maybe I was feeling anxious. Maybe I was feeling overwhelmed. So because I was feeling anxious or overwhelmed, I I went off and did, scrolled social media for 30 minutes instead of doing my workout. You know, or maybe I went and I binged on a pack of Oreos (laughs) instead of of maybe taking care of myself in, in a healthier way. So what was the thought behind that that was creating that anxiety? So we can, we can really look and see what is leading to the fruit, which is our actions and our results, if we examine the underlying thoughts and emotions. Then we can reverse engineer, which is the part that actually gets us into making more progress on our goals. We can re- then reverse engineer. So now we have the strategy to produce the result that we want in our life if we understand first what emotions are going to help us get there, what thoughts are going to help us get there. What's going to propel us into the actions we actually want to take that move the ball forward towards our goals? Okay, so that process is something you can apply now as you are reflecting on your year, as you're examining 
you know, where, where you are in relation to your goals and you're setting new goals. But I also want to discuss an important part of all this. What you're likely going to experience is a form of resistance and the temptation to just jump past this because it can be uncomfortable. It can feel a little bit hard. It can feel like, oh, this is too heavy. Like we oftentimes want to avoid this work. And I want to tell you why. Why is that the case? <laughs> it's because oftentimes it triggers more of the beating ourselves up. It triggers the thought that we are doing everything wrong, that we are bad, that we're not enough, that we effed up, that we are an F up. It makes us feel even more ashamed and terrible about ourselves. So like, why would we want to evaluate and to, to open up this can of worms if we're just going to be like punching ourselves in, in the gut constantly? But we have to learn how to do this with curiosity, with self-compassion. Otherwise, it's such a wasted opportunity to really take this, this radical self-responsibility and to be honest about what is contributing towards our results. And so the more we can be grounded in our purpose, our why, the more we can detach our, our self-worth from those results, the outcomes, the more we can continually draw closer to the Lord to help us to take a right amount of ownership of the choices that we've made to include whether they've led to vice or sin, to include the, the fruits of our actions, which were in the fruits of our thoughts, to repent for our sins, to renounce temptations, lies, influences from, from Satan, and to turn back to God. The more we can examine these wounds that are in causing us to also hurt the people around us, the more we can take responsibility instead of being a victim to it. The battlefield is in our mind and heart. It's a battle for our soul. And in our fallenness, we, we are making agreements with the enemy that don't lead to good fruit. They really don't. So we can break free of this bondage if we allow ourselves to be filled with God's truth. And we allow ourselves to, to open up these places that feel like they're, they're just filled with shame. And so unshaming what is currently clouded in shame and guilt that we're avoiding, that's what's going to allow us to be more open to seeking and receiving the mercy that God wants to give us that we desperately need in all of those places. Those places of longing, those places where there's voids, those places of brokenness, of woundedness, of, of failures, of sin. And it allows us to create more distance from the failure. We can be made clean in God's mercy in those places. It's not going to help us beating ourselves up, wallowing in shame, running from ourselves and from God and our relationships and the realities of our life that are in need of healing. It's not going to help. So we can allow God to infuse us with his grace to give us more, more grace and more virtue and the strength of character that's needed to do the work that he calls us to do. But it also takes this willingness to examine our own shortcomings in our own hearts as well as in working towards our goals because otherwise we're robbing the world of the gift that we are meant to give to it and who we are meant to be for the world who we are meant to be for our families and so it's not there's not a problem with you <laughs> it's not that you're a terrible mom you're not cut out for this you're not good enough nothing's wrong with you inherently we are just always growing and learning. We are growing closer into who God has created us to be if we're open to that. He is refining us by fire oftentimes, right? And so look at, you know, as you're pursuing your goals, look at it as, okay, I'm either winning or I'm learning, you know, and, and learning is winning. Learning is winning if, if we are allowing God to draw him closer, us closer to himself. Real success is our closeness to God, is growing in holiness. That is real success. And everything can help us to get there. So when we are then moving into pursuing the goals or creating those goals that God places on our hearts, we have to allow that to be birthed from this place of enoughness, of worthiness. And 
God is going to remind us of our inherent worth and how much he loves us if we can unshame these places that we have fallen short in this last year. We can teach our brain how to honor our capacity to learn and grow and pivot and to, you know, say, no, that's a lie from the enemy. When you're, when your brain is telling you, you are a failure, something's wrong with you. You can say, no, no, I instead am choosing to believe what God says about me. You can also give your brain compassion for giving you that old familiar thought, but you can, you can also recognize that it's lying to you. So we need to, to be more open to feeling a little bit of the discomfort that comes with this honesty. And it takes a maturity and again, a self-compassion. But I think the beautiful thing is that when we're looking at those results, right, we're saying, okay, these are my fruits and we know a tree by its fruits. That's what Matthew seven fifteen through 20 tells us. By their fruits, you will recognize them. Every good tree brings forth good fruits, but a corrupt tree brings forth bad fruits. A corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit. And so the fruit in our life, in whatever area it is, is a symptom of the root of what's going on in our hearts. So we have to be willing to go deep with God, with lots of grace and self-compassion, right? With a radical love for, for ourselves. It's not... I think that's something that the world gets wrong. It's not selfish. It's not this arrogance. It's not this worldly love for ourselves. That, But really, it's more so leaning into the love that Jesus has for us and seeing ourselves more as God sees us and asking God to, to help us do that when it's really hard. Everything changes about our perspectives when we walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and we abide in God's love for us. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. John 15 4 I love that so much because we we often try to do everything out of our own strength right we we pursue all these goals and we're like these are worthy goals and I'm just gonna go get after it and I'm gonna push myself as hard as I can to make it happen but we cannot bear fruit by ourselves we have to abide in the Lord and we're invited to abide in him and it's so much better and more freeing when we do so can you do that with compassion for yourself with a you know level of respect for yourself are you capable of taking that level of responsibility out of love for the Lord and to honor him as well? You know, what a gift God gives us in our free will. And oftentimes we, we can feel like we're a victim to so many of our circumstances. But when we are really willing to examine the root of our thoughts and our emotions, and we can see how, how much agency God has actually given us, but also we're invited to surrender more deeply in in, uh, all of those ways that that he wants us to. So it's normal for your brain to go right into self-criticism when you do this. We've all all been there. That's that's normal for us to default to. But now we just know what our work is. That's our work. You know, we don't have to stay stuck there. So there's certain actions that you probably, you know, will, will find that you could have taken maybe this year or certain thought patterns that were keeping you stuck. And that's okay. You can get curious about that. You can find those places where there are those gaps. And that's, that is the work then that God is calling you into and he's revealing to you. So we're all in this process. I'm right here with you in all of this. This is a skill we can learn. Even being compassionate, more compassionate with ourselves is a skill that we can learn. So we're going to feel the initial sting of this. But the truth is liberating. It really is. And, and we don't have to allow the shame to make us hide from it, to make us hide from God. Just like, you know, when we look at Adam and Eve in the garden and, and the stain of original sin, that's, that's what's happening. 
So don't run around trying to avoid it. Don't just throw yourself into more goals and resolutions and do the same thing as you did before. You know, don't listen to what the world is telling you. You need to set as goals and resolutions for yourself, but pause to get honest with yourself first and, and to let the Lord in. He is so convicting, but so, so gentle because he loves you so much. And his, there's nothing, nothing that is as great as his grace and mercy. This is the fastest way to move forward and to experience the the true fruits that you're meant to receive as well. And it's not to mean that life is going to be easy or all without hardships, without suffering. No, not at all. But there's joy and freedom in, in this radical peace in it when we're uniting our work with the Lord. And my friend and I were were talking and she said this beautiful, she was reading this book and she had this beautiful, beautiful reflection that I will just have to share with you really quick. I asked her how I could pray for her and she was just like, pray, please pray for my peace. She was like, you know what I just realized? She was reading this book and she was like, oh my goodness, I realized I was grasping for joy as if it was the antithesis of anxiety and worry. But no, joy is work. Joy is surrender. Joy is trust. And there's still so much joy to be found, like, in all of the things that she has going on that are really hard. And it's just so beautiful because it's true. Joy is this supernatural grace and this fruit of abiding in God's love for us and faithfulness to us. It's in the work. It's in the messiness of the surrender. It's in the things we're worried about and anxious about. It's, it's in the hardships. It's in the suffering. There's still joy to be found because our hope is in the Lord and he is unchanging. God is unchanging. He does not change with our circumstances, with the tides of the world, with with anything. So we can always rest in his love for us and we can have joy in that. So that's my challenge for you is to open yourself up to this, to open yourself up more for this potential for a much deeper relationship with God as well as a much greater kind of problem solving in your own pursuit of your goals and you will have so much more freedom to pursue those goals with Christ at the center to set those goals in the first place and then to pursue them with him at the center so approach this with a lot of kindness for yourself let God love you in it and I encourage you as you do this process as you sit down with the journal and just dive into this put praise and worship music on in the background and one song I really recommend listening to is You Say by Lauren Daigle And I'm going to read you a couple of the lyrics because I think it's just so powerful and it just is a beautiful reflection of what we're talking about today. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again who I am because I need to know. And then she goes on and the lyrics are, You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say I am held when I am falling short and when I don't belong you say I am yours and it's just so so good so if you let these lyrics wash over you and just remember who you are your worth and your identity is in God and what really matters is what he thinks of you and what he says about you and the truth of all of that which is not dependent upon you achieving your goals at the end of the day so go ahead and listen to this let it just soak into your heart and I pray that this blesses you and If this is something that has helped you, please share it with a friend. Please share it with a friend who you want to do this with and hold each other accountable in. And then join me in my workshop that's coming up on January 8th where we're going to dive deeper into implementing this and help you work through any of the things that are challenging for you, any of the things that really 
are making you think deeper or maybe where you might be getting stuck, what you want to build upon, and it's going to really propel you in a beautiful way into this new year. So go ahead and sign up. It's free. This is a free workshop. So go ahead and join us. You have nothing to lose. If you can't make it live, then I will share the recording if you register. So sign up below.